essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Tyson Dukes is currently one half of the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Champions and one of the pillars of wrestling in Ontario. He's had a very impressive career over the past two decades, and it's only natural that aspiring wrestlers would want to learn from a veteran of his caliber. Since October of 2017, Tyson opened up the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory here in London, Ontario. Students learn all aspects of wrestling. The first graduates like Jim Strider, Violet Lee, and Jordan James are making their names for themselves on the indie scene. Whether you're a student or a supporter, you can now be a part of the club and purchase your own beautiful zip-up hoodie. They're just $40 up to extra large and $45 for larger sizes. Contact Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory directly on Facebook to order yours today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brent Money Banks, and you are listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Scumbags is money. And we are back with the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, episode number 58. Now, if you're listening to us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or any of the dozens more podcast outlets, including PodCoin, thank you for doing so. Over on Podquid, you can actually earn money for just listening to this podcast. Well, I encourage everybody to share this with their friends. If they're a wrestling fan, you don't want to miss out on our podcast, especially if you're an indie fan and a Smash Wrestling fan in the Ontario area. We obviously cover AEW and WWE, but a lot of other people do too. This is where you can find the information on Smash Wrestling, and you can always Join us on our Facebook page where we talk everything wrestling, celebrate wrestlers' birthdays, and have a general good community discussion about wrestling all the time. So check us out there. You can email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. But this is episode 58, and I have Chris Maloney from the Sharpshooter Podcast with me. How are you today, Chris? Uh, Extremely tired. It might have something to do with the whether here in London right now or the fact uh, I've got a baby about to turn a year old or the excitement because Ultimate Dragon is coming in a, just a few days. So it could be a combination of everything there. Yeah, it's been quite the uh, busy week and upcoming week coming up. And just wow, like last weekend full of Smash Wrestling Live. You had everything with StarCast, everything with AEW's debut. And then as you just alluded to, this coming weekend is going to be the northern tournament for smash wrestling and that's two nights but it's more than even just two nights because sunday is a whole day and so that's a lot of wrestling just to consume in a little bit of time 
along with the regular TV shows such as Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, and whatever else pops up, including Impact. Yeah, you get Impact, ROH on Fight Network there. You've got old school New Japan Pro Wrestling from about four or five years ago. And it's like I think I said this last week, but if you're a wrestling fan, there's no reason in the world you can't watch wrestling pretty much 24-7 right now. Exactly. And that could be also one of the big problems why, say, beyond the storylines and issues that WWE seems to be having uh, with their presentation, but with there being so much and being able to access it so many different ways, whether it's a network or on YouTube and stuff like that, ratings are down, but you wouldn't know that the wrestling world is dormant or anything like that because there is so much going on. If you look at numbers, you think, oh, there's a downswing, but it's totally opposite to that. Maybe just for WWE, but everywhere else they're uh, growing bigger and bigger. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was sorry, I was just bringing up a website here. You talk about WB ratings right now, and you've got uh, Raw down 400,000 people this week uh, as a whole. Um, now, it could be a combination of the fact is it was, I think, Memorial Day down there on Monday. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know how much you want to talk about uh, the situation at hand right now with regards to AEW and the WWE. But um, uh, long story short, AEW had a tremendous weekend. And... Uh, WWE decided to put over Baron Corbin, so um, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that. Yeah, it's kind of the downside. I've talked about it a couple times on this podcast that Baron Corbin, he might be a decent human being, former football player, but he doesn't seem to have that personality that people want to watch, yet when people were getting Cena and Roman Reigns shoved down their throat, it wasn't turning the channel as quickly as uh, Baron Corbin is. Baron Corbin has more go away, turn the channel, heat, and that certainly hasn't helped WD with everything going on. And with something fresh like AEW popping up, they're going to have some competition. Maybe it's for the best that it's sort of like WD dumbed down itself so they can rise back up like they did uh, in the 90s when they had WCW as a competition. But who knows? And at the same time, if you believe somebody like Vince Russo, who's saying that they're both in bed together, working with each other and working the fans, and so they're sending people over to AEW to rise them up so they can just come back and get the ratings war going on again and make wrestling fun and fresh. There's some validity I could see in that uh, sort of concept that Russo is putting out there, but you know I'm not sold on what Russo's thoughts are either. Your thought on that, Chris? Okay, first of all, I'm going to apologize to Jake because I know he loves Russo and Gold Dust. That I learned uh, about a year ago. Uh, Russo is one of the probably the biggest idiots I, I think I've ever seen in the wrestling business. Um, props to the ratings, you know, he was part of back in the '90s. But it's 2019. Dude's not relevant no more. And, and you know, in saying that, um, he can say whatever he wants to about uh, AEW and being in bed with whoever the hell he wants to. But um, fact is, with Russo, he, he basically I think is just trying to create another moment for himself. You know, and like I said, 2019. Um, but um, 
I think AEW is where it's at. I watched the show, you know, this past Saturday, watch a couple of the StarCast events, and that is where the wrestling direction is going. And I can say this as a huge fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling and ROH, um, AEW fits that mold. And to know they're kind of interacting is, uh, you know, kind of super cool. But it'd be interesting to see what happens this time with WB and, this, you know, with its back against the, its corner and to see whether or not they're going to strike or whether or not they're going to collapse. Because I know WCW, they, they barely made it. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in probably the next two years or so. Yeah, I'm still could be considered obviously a WD fanboy because that's what I grew up on since I saw it in 1996. But at the same time, history has shown that you don't back Vince into a corner as he will come out swinging. And as long as it's something that prolongs itself longer than even the Monday Night Wars did between AEW and WWE, then as a wrestling fan, we all win. To a point, to a degree. Um, I just watched NXT on the network. I'm watching the replay of UK because I didn't get to see it earlier on. And they are definitely high points and highlights with WWE. But um, like I said, uh, Baron Corbin went over this past Monday. And I would say probably about an hour before that, I had turned off Raw and put it on mute. So they'll, lose, I mean, they'll never lose me as a, a complete fan because I grew up with it. But, um, you know, I look for alternatives and... and if Vince keeps playing the game he's playing, that's what fans are going to end up doing is looking for alternatives. And as soon as October launches and all of a sudden, you know, AEW is finally on TNT, it's uh, it's going to be a fight. Yeah, they can't. Uh, they have to be careful with themselves. WWE does for sure that they don't push themselves too far away from the fans uh, that they won't come back. And so something definitely has to happen huge. I would hope to say before October happens because... Now, if that doesn't happen, then once AEW launches their uh, actual show on whatever day it is, because I heard even on StarCast that apparently it won't be on Tuesdays, even though they trademarked uh, Tuesday Night Dynamite. But yeah, if they can't maintain what they even have right now, then it's going to be hard to bring them back. Can I make a statement as well as a prediction? Yep. Okay, prediction first. I'm going to say that uh, you're going to see AEW go on Wednesday nights, and you're going to see uh, WWE put NXT on live on Wednesday nights. Uh, secondly, it is, let me see, 9.04. I'm on Smash's Twitter right now, and nothing is happening. Well, so. uh, we had been delaying uh, this and talking about the Smash part of the show because of the uh, impending breaking news. And one minute ago on their Facebook page, it says it's official OWE to join SummerSlam weekend. Oriental Wrestling Entertainment out of China makes its North American debut and joins Progress Wrestling of the UK, Westside Extreme Wrestling, WXW in Germany, and Smash Wrestling Canada in the summit of uh, all women's wrestling event USA and Canada to round off their event uh calendar for the weekend owe will be running two events wednesday august 7th 2019 and saturday august 10th 2019 tickets go on sale this friday and they can be obtained from ticketscene.ca slash smash wrestling or just smash okay hold, hold on a second. i'm confused so there's a there's a separate event happening now 
Uh, well, Smash, as we've uh, known over the last little while, are enjoying uh, having their relationship with other organizations. I had seen a rumor about OEW uh, joining forces or being a part of it, and then somehow that disappeared. But now they're making it official that OWE is going to be part of that whole weekend that they're doing with Progress and WXW. And so their shows are actually going to be on Wednesday, the 7th, and Saturday, the 10th. Uh, So if same day as NXT UK, I mean, NXT TakeOver. So if I've got tickets to the summit, I get to go see OWE. I don't know. That might be a separate ticket. Although, you know, if, if, is this PG or is this, is this uh, whatever? It's whatever. Okay. You fuckers. I've got, there is so much happening that weekend. It's, it's now coming down to choice. And I, I tell you this, I know I've touched base with you on this, but, um, so they decided to launch the ROH New Japan show the same day as Super Showdown 7, correct? Correct. And that is the Friday night. So you talk about an indie promotion stacking the card against the uh, the bigger promotions. That's absolutely insane. It's uh, I, I, I kept tell, telling Sean, I think on Sunday, you know, like, I wish it could have been two places at once. But uh, oh man, it's like um, now they got OWE, who's officially part of AEW, taking place and. I mean, as a wrestling fan, it's it's um, to me, it, 2019 is mind blowing because the it's you know, I can I can't say this enough. It's the amount of wrestling you can actually go see, and the way these companies promotions are working together is absolutely insane. Yeah, it's almost like everybody's getting together to form the better uh, shows that you can see instead of just a single indie promotion where you might know only a few uh, talent. Uh, unfortunately, that did happen to me when I went to Sarnia for Destiny, where there was only a f- the bottom half of the card. I was like, man, you're okay, or I don't know you, one star type deal. But then the second half was a major thing. These sort of super shows are putting everybody there, and it doesn't matter if you're at the start of the card as a curtain jerker or just before the intermission or ending the show. It's all going to be an amazing card top to bottom yeah i think i mean 42 years old i think it's the coolest thing in the world that i get to see smash wrestling in toronto progress wrestling in toronto nxt in toronto roh in toronto new japan in toronto uh you know shimmer um you know rise uh femme fatales and and now obviously owe which i mean is you think about that affiliation alone smash and owe and who's to say it's not um Who's to say we don't get a uh, you know uh, um, another special happening next year like you had predicted twenty twenty with AEW coming to town or you know at least close by it's um, t- I, t- I tell you this so if somebody would have said to me about ten years ago hey the same year you're gonna get to see Ultimate Dragon uh, you're gonna get to see Kenny Omega in London Ontario thanks to Comic Con and you're gonna get to go see SummerSlam and NXT in Toronto I'd be like you know screw you you're lying but um, it's absolutely amazing and I can't I can't get you know, it's funny, you talk about Smash Wrestling, for example, and the way Scumbags are wrestling, you're episode 58 right now, right? Yeah. And the way, you know, heavy focus on WB, heavy focus on Smash Wrestling. But one of the biggest things, and, and as a fan, I can say this, and, and you could probably reiterate it, but the fact is Smash Wrestling comes to London, Ontario. Smash Wrestling is very close, so they're Dresden. 
uh, they are Kitchener, they are Toronto, which is a two-hour drive from London. You know what I mean? They're they're making their name known. If another promotion had done that, you know, of course we're gonna show loyalty as well. We love Canadian indie wrestling, but um, to know the names and as I'm watching NXT and like I said, Ultimate Dragons coming up this weekend, and to know the announcement they just made on on Facebook, it's uh, it's unreal, you know. And it all comes down to that one guy. It's uh, you know, it's funny how he calls himself the endorsement, but he endorses everybody else. So it's uh, kind of super cool. Yeah, uh, they are definitely leading the pack. I'd say, um, even though they might not have the big exposure, as and it's hard to say big exposure and using impact in the same uh, sentence, but they have that knowledge, at least impact does, where Smash is still probably considered more Ontario local and indie, as opposed to being seen as a worldwide thing, even though they are in demand everywhere, uh, regardless of where you are, they piggybacked with all the other in demand channels. So like if you're in Buffalo and watching ESW, you can uh, also have Smash Wrestling as part of that package. Can I add a, a personal viewpoint to this? Yeah. So I'm going to go a little bit old school, and I'm talking probably about uh, you know almost 15 years ago. Anyways, what Smash is doing now is is completely insane. And I say that because of the fact the way they market themselves. Um, you compare them to a company like Destiny Wrestling, and no offense against Destiny Wrestling. I know people are going to say, oh, we just said no offense, so he means offense, but no. When Destiny Wrestling takes place, usually in Toronto, and they had been working Sony as well, they always have feature acts on the card. Uh, take, for example, you know the one they had with Hornswoggle or Pete Dunne before he became exclusive to NXT UK. Fact is, Smash does that as well. I mean, we just saw a show here in London where we had TJ Perkins, TJP work in the event. We got one coming up with Sean Spears. Uh, coming up in July, we get another one coming up in London in August, uh, featuring Gail Kim. So they know how to have the headliners. But the fact is, as a as a fan, as a Canadian independent wrestling fan, I will go see a show that main event feature is Cody Dander versus somebody, uh, you know, Brent Banks versus Tyson Dukes, and that's what they do well. They know how to bring up and promote and groom their home talent, you know. You look at John Greed a couple of years ago, and I didn't even know this. He came in as almost like a, a trucker-like dude. And to know, you know that what he's doing now is absolutely amazing. But my, my personal short uh, story, long story short, is back about 10 to 15 years ago, there was a company in Toronto uh, run by a radio DJ named Dave Blizzard and uh, a fellow who's now in England named Tom. And they had done this uh, promotion called Blood, Sweat, and Years, BSC. They, bring in, they were bringing in guys back then like Bobby Roode, Christian Cage, AJ Styles, um, Taylor Wilde, who went on to, uh, you know, uh, Impact Wrestling and stuff like that. Gail Kim, you know, I had the pleasure of meeting Gail Kim and Christian Cage, you know, on, on the same show. Um, difference is they were bringing in these stars. They were they were booking the same type of venue that Smash is in London. So London Music Hall or the Phoenix in Toronto, in case maybe. But the fact is what Smash is doing knowing their affiliation with the Fight Network their affiliation with all these other promotions doing their tag team wrestling tournament and the summit and everything else. That's something that BSE wasn't doing back in the day. And like I said, uh, you know, uh, back in the day, you didn't see promotions working together like this. So 
with Smash is working with PWA and Barry Wrestling and, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Back in the day, BSC wasn't doing that. And, uh, you know, props to Smash for turning this around in the Canadian independent wrestling scene, Ontario independent wrestling, the same way AEW is turning things around with New Japan, Ring of Honor, CMLL, NWA Wrestling. And it's just, as a wrestling fan, it's uh, it's absolutely amazing. I, I can't say it enough. It's, it's amazing to know what Smash is doing, the names that they're bringing in, the names that they bring in that all of a sudden are like NXT champions, Johnny Gargano, you know, Matt Riddle's on his way. But um, anyways, you're doing good, Smash. And um, I know this dream will end probably sometime. But, uh, you know, as far as wrestling fans out there go, just enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it definitely is a hotbed. Uh, Smash Wrestling even released what their schedule is going to be even up until at least Comic-Con uh, for the next little while. And they're doing scheduled two shows at Comic-Con. They're going to be hitting Burlington, uh, St. Thomas, and Woodstock and stuff like that. Towns that they haven't normally hit anyways. So they're spreading out even further. I just want to mention one more thing just while, just while we're on this topic. Um, I just looked and Greg Oliver of uh, Slam Wrestling. So the producer, one of the founders of Slam Wrestling, has just uh, retweeted the uh, OWE uh, thing on Twitter as far as what Smash goes. So to know Slam Wrestling and, you know, is take, is paying attention to Smash at this point. And, you know, we were at a show last year where all of a sudden John Pollock was there and Dan Lebransky and stuff like that. So, you know, those guys are paying attention as well. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting considering somebody you mentioned, uh, Dan Lebransky, really didn't uh, care for the indie scene and would always mark up for everything else. And now Smash Wrestling is getting them to uh, show up. If you ever want to hear me vent about Dan Lebransky, let me have a couple beers and come on this show. <laughs> I've got I've got a lot of stories about probably 13 years ago, but uh, we'll leave it for another day. So yeah, um, as I said right at the start, there's a, been a lot going on. And we'll take a quick moment to take a break, come back, and we'll uh, get into everything that we normally do, starting off with Smash, talking about last weekend's... Uh, Get your fight on here in London and preview uh, this weekend's tournament, the Northern Tournament in Toronto. So back in just a moment. Scumbags of Wrestling are always looking for ways of giving back to the community. And we're going to do just that with Ethan's Fight happening on June 23rd at Montcalm Secondary School right here in London, Ontario. The card starts at 1 p.m. and goes till 4, with tickets starting at $10 for kids, $15 for general admission, and $20 for VIP. Ethan's Fight is a charity wrestling show to benefit Ethan Hayes. In January 2019, a cancerous mass was discovered in six-year-old Ethan's brain. He immediately had surgery at Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto to remove the mass and relieve the swelling caused by the buildup of cerebral spinal fluid. The eight-hour surgery removed most of the mass, but some elements were attached to his brainstem and could not be extracted. Along with the remnants of the tumor in his brain, cancer was also present throughout Ethan's spine. Luckily, he qualified for a study which would combat cancer with revolutionary form of proton radiation 
treatment only available at St. Jude's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. The money raised will help alleviate the financial burden that Ethan's family will be facing during Ethan's upcoming chemotherapy at Sick Kids in Toronto. Ethan's mother has taken a one-year leave of absence from work for both her, her jobs to care for Ethan through all phases of his treatment. The main event is going to be a big one, with the first time ever meeting of Impact Wrestling and London's own Cody Deaner taking on the King of the North, Carter Mason, one of independent wrestling's hottest wrestlers who is having an astonishing comeback year. You won't want to miss this main event and all the other matches that are set to happen during Ethan's fight, the charity wrestling event show happening at Montcalm Secondary School on June 23rd at 1 p.m. Check out Facebook for more information. Are you looking to get into the wrestling business? Well, look no further than the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory, located right here in London, Ontario. It's Tyson has over 20 years of experience in the wrestling world, and he's even been brought down to the WWE Performance Center to be a guest trainer. We've already seen the likes of Jordan James, Kyle Boone, Violet Lee, Jim Strider, Pharaoh Bowman, Chris Mitchells, and many more. Plus, the new generation that are coming from the second group, such as Josh Pine, Shiloh, Nova, Frankie War, and many more. You don't want to miss your opportunity to learn from one of the best in Ontario, if not all of Canada, or the world, in Tyson Dukes. So that's the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory. It's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. And located at 309 Exeter Road here in London. The Signature Spot with Chris Toplack is a weekly podcast available every Thursday that covers the world of professional wrestling. It's an easy-to-digest show that ranges from 30 to 40 minutes in length and focuses on show recaps, highlights from the week, industry news and rumors, full event previews along with predictions, topics of the week, and featured guests such as journalists and fellow podcasters. It's a professional yet personable show that's all about connecting with you. To subscribe, head over to youtube.com forward slash the signature spot or listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are available. And to be a part of the conversation, like the signature spot on Facebook. This is Sting Bassey. You're listening to the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. And we're back. So, like I said, we're going to have uh, Smash Wrestling uh, talk right now. We'll get back to everything we were talking about with AEW and WWE when we review what happened at Double or Nothing, and uh, look forward to also NXT. But as I said, Smash Wrestling, they were here in London. Get your fight on London Music Hall, May 26th, and run down the uh, card quickly and get your thoughts on each match, Chris. All right, sounds good. Okay, so the show started off uh, with the dark match. It was six guys from the... Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. It had Josh Pine, Kyle Boone, 
Fireball Jordan James taking on the Pharaoh, Sing Bassey, and Chris Mitchells. In this case, Josh Pine, Boone, and Jordan James end up getting the victory. Your thoughts on that first match? Um, it's amazing to see and know that these kids were kids in a wrestling school, um, you know, as, as green as they were in rookies, uh, about how long ago, about a year ago, uh, about a year ago for, um, at least four of them with the yeah. Boone, James Farrow and Mitchell's. And then over the last, uh, six months with Josh Pine and Singh Bassey. Yeah. So I, I tell you this, I've got my four favorites as far as the Tyson Dukes wrestling factory goes. Um, you know, Boone being one of them who was in this match. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll also say that uh, Bassey is coming a long way. So from the couple times I've seen him, I think I've seen him once at Music Hall, once at Fanshawe, and then now this time at Music Hall. And he is growing, so he is learning, which is cool because he is a bigger guy. And, uh, I've, you know, I've had the pleasure of meeting him uh, one-on-one just out, uh, you know, just, it, just in the area of London. And uh, he's, he's the tall guy, and it's... Um, Sometimes those tall guys, lanky as they are, they, they can't grasp it. And so I'm, I'm proud to see Bassey, you know, learning um, as quickly as he is. But um, Tyson, I mean, that's his product. These are his prodigies, and he's doing well. And, uh, you know, it's definitely a great opening match that's a lot of action. And uh, like I said, I've got my four favorites. Um, but, uh, yeah, Smash is doing well with uh, promoting these guys as well. Exactly. And just a heads up for those that are going to the uh, July 7th show. In the dark match, you're going to see the debut of Tyson's son, Ethan. Now, from my talks, I've heard that Ethan is going to use the Duke's last name. So definitely second generation, not just in body, but in name, coming up on uh, July 7th. So I'm going to I'm going to challenge you right now on this show to get an interview with this guy to, to find out what it's like being Tyson Duke's uh, son, as well as... Uh, his, uh, you know, his probably his hype going into the wrestling business himself. Yeah, that'll be my uh, plan. Uh, just after that debut, I want him to get that first match and first uh, crowd reaction under his wing, and then I usually uh, interview them to see how they're going. And if uh, he's still doing the tag team scene, then he should be in a tag team match with his partner Frankie War. So we'll have both of them. Uh, pretty soon after the July 7th uh, show, if not that same week. Could they be the new War Machine? Anything is possible. Um, they, When I was at Tyson's school, he did advise them at that day to check out videos of demolition, and Tyson is known to be sending different video clips or advising his students on who to watch and check out certain guys week after week. Somebody be, different each time. It could be the Axe Smash and Crush experience. You never know. <laughs> so looking at uh, the rest of the card for Get Your Fight On, um, it started off for the TV taping with another one of Tyson's students, Alec Realm, taking on Jim Strider. Strider is going to be part of the Northern Tournament. However, Alec Realm got the surprise victory over Strider uh, in a difference of size and abilities uh between the two and i thought it was a really good match what do you think of what, what went down between realm and strider you want the 100 percent honest opinion here yeah strider what the hell man 
if if Strider ever listens to the show or hey somebody listens to the show can post those comments and tag him in it um realm beats you you have got the makings of a future superstar uh, and i'm not saying wwe but that's that's i mean I'm a, as a kid that term superstar was ingrained in my head when he beats you don't shake his hand close on the head up of this guy um you know it's i i see heel turn coming up definitely for strider just a matter of when but uh, you talk about the old school as jim ross used to put it blue chipper uh, you know, Strider is the blue chipper of basically, uh, you know, Smash Wrestling right now. And uh, I can't wait to see him go heel and start basically killing everybody in Smash Wrestling, including guys like Tyson Dukes and Cody Diener and uh, Brent Banks. Yeah, I would uh, agree with you on that. Uh, definitely Strider is one of the uh, standouts of uh, the first class. Um, and it did kind of surprise me that he'd lost that one. But it does kind of put him into an underdog, oddly enough, situation going into the tournament on Sunday because here is this rookie entering the tournament and he just lost to Realm. A lot of people did expect uh, Strider to turn on Realm at that point, but it might be too soon, especially in the Smash Wrestling world. However, um, if you are a fan over on... uh, Border Town Wrestling out of Fort Erie, you'll know that the uh, Tyson Duke students of first class have actually turned on their teacher, Tyson, and are in a uh, heated feud with him. So I'm, I'm just looking at the Northern Round 1 matches here. It looks like uh, Strider has Jason Kincaid as first round match. That's going to be his stepping stone right there. I think we're going to see the, the real mean Jim Strider come out. If he doesn't beat Kincaid, you're going to see him beat down Kincaid at the uh, the end of the match there. And he needs to get some revenge on Kincaid uh, because the last time uh, Kincaid was in a Smash Wrestling ring, him and his uh, partner, the Neon Ninja of, with the Renegades, ended up uh, doing a coast-to-coast dropkick on Realm and split open his lip really well. So he can get some revenge for uh, his buddy Alec Realm. Yeah, that was. Uh, I talked to Jay Smith, who was one of the Smash Wrestling referees after the after the event, and and Jay was like, it was a tough spot, and he and, you know, uh, Realm stuck it out. So you know, props to him, but um, still can't wait till Strider goes heel and starts kicking everybody's ass. Mm-hmm. So the next match of the night uh, saw Kill Screen with Anthony Gaines and Scotty O'Shea beating the team of Muscle and Violet Lee. Um, yeah, they were obviously really outnumbered considering uh, Chris Mitchells was at ringside. Um, they were muscled and that's not a knock on the muscle, but you know, between Violet and him going against Gaines and O'Shea, it was kind of a little mismatch. And regardless of the heart that Violet and muscle have the violent factor coming out of kill screen just wasn't enough. Like was just overwhelming to muscle and, Violet, and you got Mitchells who ended up uh, taping muscle to the ropes, and he had to witness uh, Gaines and O'Shea just take advantage of Violet Lee and get the victory. Your thoughts on that match? So, a couple comments on that. Number one, the um, muscle being tied up to the roast reminded me of Tommy Dreamer back in ECW. Um, you know, so it's uh, reminiscent of that. Uh, second thought, and most important thought, is holy fuck, Karen. Um, 
violently i mean the intergender thing is becoming a reality again on the independent scene you won't see wwe touch it um you know you've heard thoughts and stuff like that with regards to impact wrestling and tessa blanchard wanting more challenging you know more challenges sorry and um you know looking for uh you know male opponents and stuff and and people like say for example um uh eli drake not wanting to be part of it but whatever the case may be it's it's a part of wrestling now it's becoming a part of uh, you know pro wrestling and independent wrestling anyway long story short i've never seen a female take a beating like violently this uh violently this past sunday um props to her because there were a couple of moments like i think there was one spot where and i don't know if it was o'Shea or um you know the other guy there had come down and planted both knees on her chest and as she's taking the impact, you could just see her clenching her body and, and tightening her core as much as she possibly could. But here you got like, be you know, basically Scotty O'Shea is probably a 200 pound marker. Anthony Gaines is a 200 pound mark at least. Coming down on a female who is basically clutching herself 110% to the core to try to, you know, make sure that she doesn't get injured in this move. Um, there was uh, a moment that the muscle tossed her over the top rope. You know, much like Brent Banks style to the floor. Um, it's insane to know that she was part of that original Tyson Dukes class to watch her being tossed around and at the same time, you know, um, establishing herself as a tough, you know, lady in the in the ring. And I, I don't mean to say, you know, lady in a, in a bad way, but, you know, she is she's becoming one of my favorites uh, simply because of the fact is she loves the wrestling business and you can tell it when she's in the ring and you know i've seen her in the very beginning and i know that wasn't that long ago but she'd be out after her you know um, you know her match in the dark match watching the other matches studying the other matches getting a feel for it and i think this thing with the muscle and the way that she um you know has has kind of developed and is establishing herself, it's like props to her. And to know the fan interaction that she has, and it's not just guys like Trevor from, you know, uh, the, the Nerds of Wrestling and the interactions she has with the whole big Karen thing, but it's the little kids as well that's posing for pictures with her and stuff like that at the intermissions. So props to her, but holy crap, she's, she's tough. And uh, I tell you, as a guy, I'd never want to step in the ring with her. Yeah, she's come a huge long way. Like, um... She's posted what she looked like before and now, and just physically the metamorphosis that she's done with getting fit to do this. And then to know, you know, she was the only female in the first Tyson Dukes class to get through everything. And then on her personal note, being a mother working, doing this uh, gig of wanting to become a wrestler and going to school to get uh, her education over at Banshaw, like, and being a wife at the same time, like all that combined, and she still pulls off amazing matches and uh, performances like she did this past Sunday. Can I say two uh, more things? Definitely props to her. Go ahead. I was going to say, number one, she cleans up nice. There was a, a shot of her and her boys and her husband. Is it husband, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it was Instagram, and they clean up nice. They're going to a wedding. Uh, so, you know, a very good looking family. Uh, number two, with the announcement of one blade not being part of a certain event, 
Um, I'm sure you're going to touch base on that. I'd love to see them put, uh, you know, Violet Lee in that spot instead. I'd love to see a match between Violet Lee and Lefisto at this point. And I think it'd be absolutely amazing. That would be cool. Uh, that would just mean a couple of people have to lose to make that happen or something uh, comes up for the summit. But carrying on, match number four was Brent Banks losing to John Greed. Greed had uh, Chris Logan by his side. Uh, Albright was missing because he was uh, wrestling elsewhere. But uh, yeah, Brent Banks once again on the losing end of uh, one of the members of the Pillars and this time to the leader, Disgraceland. It'd be interesting to see what they do. I understand Disgraceland, they've got the, you know, a bit of a, a following to them. Uh, Smash is kind of investing in them as a group. And it's um, it's a likable group as kind of a heel, kind of weird faction, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, you watch the promo clip on, on YouTube, and I think it's Greed was standing outside of a church. And it was, uh, you know, it was believable, kind of Bray Wyatt kind of thing. But uh, it's definitely working for them. Um, I'm more curious with regards to what they're doing with the Brent Banks character. Um, I know the pillars at this point are looking to self-destruct. And I've got my thoughts on what's going to happen at the Northern Tournament uh, Night 2. But um, where does Brent, uh, Brent Banks go from here? Does he all of a sudden lose, 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 lose? And all of a sudden, that's it. He snaps. He goes heel. And then all of a sudden, as a heel, he challenges for the championship. But um, I don't know. It's uh, I'm, I'm glad they're pushing John Greed in this faction, but at the same time, I'm curious about where they're going with Brent Banks. Yeah, I would agree on that one. And I kind of speculated when uh, somebody like Trevor is saying, break up the pillars, the pillars need to go. And he's directing that at Sebastian, hinting that Sebastian needs to stick with his heel persona and uh, ditch the other three guys and stick with kingdom i've proposed that much like you just uh sort of hinted at that maybe it's going to be brent out of frustration because he's the one taking all losses that he's going to be one who actually listened to kingdom and break away from the pillars first before either uh dukes Tarek, or uh, suave do yeah what's up what's up with uh, trevor by the way he was sitting there. He was he was on friggin' Brent Bag's whole match this past Sunday. Uh, Trevor's into wanting the uh, pillars to uh, go down, and he's obviously seeing what uh, we've been seeing and just talked about. Brent is the one that's been dropping the uh, matches lately, so maybe so he, trying to encourage him to do better. Here's a question for you: So, if Brent Banks goes heel, do we see Trevor root for him? Anything's possible because everybody's been saying future champ, but with all the losing lately, you know, as Trevor said, he's not really a future champ anymore. So he has to start to get that mean streak. And years ago, there was a huge battle between Tarek and Brent Banks that was so in depth that it got its own DVD. Why not revisit that and see what happens? Like, sure, the pillars are strong together, but they also crave the competition against each other. And could be a time for Brent to uh, figure out what he wants for himself. Okay, okay I'm going to put you on the spot since you're talking about the pillars. Outside of Tarek, who's championship material next? Well, we've already seen uh, 
Duke's holding it for 430 plus days. So he's always going to be uh, somebody, but you know, I would love to see uh, Brent get that uh, mean streak himself and uh, get that title. Or at so least labeled him. So you run with Banks as a heel champion then? Banks is heel champion, yeah. Could be something different for Banks. And, uh, you know, we've got, other than that little bit of time that uh, Frankie TM was champ, it's been almost three years or two and a half years of uh, face champion. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a prediction right now then. Yep. Northern, um, night two. Kevin Bennett goes over, wins the title over Tarek, uh, thanks to Sebastian Suave. So Sebastian Suave costs Tarek the title. Then uh, Super Showdown 7 coming up. I see Brent Banks going over uh, Kevin Bennett. But by a, I think at this time, basically, Bennett you'll see almost as a face because of the way Halal Beefcake's getting over right now. So I, I think you're... What you're saying about Brent Banks heel champion could come pl- or could take place at Super so- uh, Showdown Seven. Anything's possible, and that's uh, in August. So Speedball Mike Bailey beat uh, the Blade, and after the match, the Blade uh, called out Psycho Mike Rollins, assuming he wasn't going to be there since he was still in Japan. And we saw that uh, Mike broke the space-time continuum. And uh, made his way after taking out a couple ninjas in Japan and a flight back to uh, Canada, drove to uh, London, made it to the music hall in time to take out the blade along with his uh, suitcase in hand, broke the blade's neck apparently, and then went and sold some merchandise. What are your thoughts on the speedball and blade match and followed by the... uh, activity involving the blade and psycho mike so uh, i'll tell you this i get to see ultimate dragon this coming weekend back-to-back nights um my biggest memory as far as smash wrestling goes as far as long term is psycho mike coming back uh this past sunday the i mean the crowd hype um you know to know the character of psycho mike to know the fact that i think he's one of the most underrated guys on the roster he should be signed pro right now um and i don't know what the case is you know it's um he's got humor he's basically he's one of the most talented in the ring he's um you know charismatic Uh, my wife not a wrestling fan as far as the independent circuit goes and she's a huge fan of psycho mike because when she got to see him live he was memorable uh anyways it's that sketch that video that they showed this past sunday was absolutely amazing the fans were hyped they popped when he came out um you know and then just that one line hey no you know let's go sell some merch right now and so it was absolutely um you know it was over with the fans and it was kind of it was just the cycle mike character um it'd be interesting to see what they do with him you know post this uh, whether or not uh, he remains you know loyal to canadian india at this point whether or not he does another another tour of uh japan i know you talk about speedball mike bailey he was one of those guys i think mike was associating with so psycho mike was associated with over there in japan um but uh anyways it's uh i can't say enough good things about psycho mike it's 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 I, you know i said this on i think it was your podcast or my podcast but 
as much as I love to see him in a Smash Wrestling ring, I miss seeing that Instagram stuff that was going on over there in Japan to know that he was over there. He was being himself. He was doing his gimmick and he was getting over with the fans. And he's to me, and I'll, I'll say this on your on your show there, Sean. But the fact is, he's probably the most gifted Ontario independent wrestler that we have right now that is unsigned by any major promotion. Yeah, he's super creative and uh, very personable if you get a chance to talk to him um, in between, like, a, at an intermission or after a show. So, yeah, he's pretty cool, and uh, the future is wide open. You just need somebody to uh, notice that and bring him in because whoever does uh, pull that trigger and gets him there, they're not going to regret it. Well, you you watched AEW this past weekend, eh? Yep. No reason in the world they couldn't have a guy like that in the AEW battle royale, the casino battle royale. Oh, for sure. Uh, just the character base and some of the other characters that they currently have there, he would fit in, I think, well. Yeah, I mean, from Joey Janela to Michael you know, Nakazawa to um, you know Sean Spears was in the battle royale as well. It's that. It's. I'll be. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll be happy the day that basically that comes along where Psycho Mike is signed to, like an ROH in New Japan, a DDT or uh, AEW long term. Exactly. So, there was an unexpected match featuring Anthony Kingdom James wanting to prove himself and his uh, superiority, and decided to call out anybody from the locker room, and Jordan James ended up answering that call and yeah there was definitely a contrast in age and uh ability along with uh the length of time that they've had in the their careers and in this case it proved that the veteran uh anthony kingdom james was far superior to the rookie in uh, Jordan James, and he got the victory. Your thoughts? So, a uh, couple things. Number one is, and I, I don't want to spoil the the spoilers for the show, but the fact is, if Kingdom James does an open challenge, pretty much every event that Smash Wrestling has, who's to say that uh, Sebastian Suave doesn't step up to that challenge? You never know. Anything's possible. But uh, let's see what the uh, relationship continues with the two of them. I know over the last while, he's been wanting uh, Sebastian to get his head out of the clouds and uh, refocus on himself and not the pillars. Will uh, Sebastian listen or won't he? So then Halal Beefcake uh, defended their tag team titles successfully over Fight or Flight. And it got turned into a triple threat tag team match, which is becoming super popular with Smash Wrestling lately. And they added a team called Special K, which I didn't catch uh, who was in there on that team, but it definitely was a high flying match all over the place. And uh, yeah, Hello Beefcake were hugely over with the crowd here in London and retained their titles going into the Northern this weekend. Yeah, so Special K, uh, I learned, uh, just doing some quick results, was a group, a faction, 
and this one guy named Deranged, and the other guy's name was Azriel, I think. And I think Azriel was the the cat in the fucking Smurfs, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> so yeah, some some as you know some uh, I guess uh, unique names, I guess. But um, nothing really kind of stood out about this match. It was, um, I mean, obviously the halal beefcake. You know, the the team, the brand. Um, is going over like hotcakes right now. Uh, you know, you, you I can't get enough of the gimmick, the the entrance, the the whole big thing as far as you know the uh, uh, the the muscle, the gym kind of characters. As in, you know, hey, give us our whey pro- uh, protein. And I think I actually saw a fan on Sunday actually have one of those in the crowd, so it was kind of cool. So the gimmick is actually getting over huge. But um, as far as this tag team goes, um, I mean, with the tag team tournament coming up, who beats them? I mean, I can't think of a single team on the Smash Wrestling roster right now or even Ontario Indie that comes up and beats these guys. Like, they are selling shirts. They're, as far as the, you know, the merchandise uh, merchandise stands go, they are a lot of people looking for pictures, autographs. You know, you see these uh, pictures on, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. And, I mean, they could – you see them on Impact Wrestling, and they – don't miss a beat you know they're the same guys in independent wrestling as they are on say impact wrestling now the impact wrestling you know crowd doesn't know them as well but the fact is with the you know and this this is going to detail about the AEW show but the fact is uh ssb you know debuted on uh double or nothing so who's to say we don't see that moment where all of a sudden hello beefcake gets that big that all of a sudden they're on the national stage now but uh Bigger question to you is there, Sean, is is who beats these guys for the titles? At this moment, I'm not sure because they're even looking into other tag teams coming from other organizations uh, to see if they'll stay. Uh, Obviously, if they get a title shot and win, they would end up being with uh, Smash Wrestling for a lot longer than just one match. But I know... uh, Super Kamikaze and oh, I'm trying to remember who is coming out of uh, PWA Ontario uh, for the out of their side of the tournament. But I believe also it was the Pillars who won the Smash side of things. So we'll see how that all plays out uh, in July because the winner of that tournament is going to get a title shot at Halal Beefcake. So do you, if you go outside the box and you think maybe outside of Ontario Indy, do you see a team like TDT beating them? Potentially, yeah. But then, be, I mean, where do they go from there, though? Uh, for Hello uh, Beefcake? Well, no, it's just, I mean, when you think about it, it's, it's, it's Smash has got such a, a, you know, a great roster. But the fact is, as far as tag teams go, who's, it's, it's tough to say who they they drop the title to at this point. Yeah, well, they could drop it to a team like TDT, or eventually, uh, even a team that they faced uh, the other day with uh, Fight or Flight. Okay, I'm going to sp- uh, put you on the spot here for a sec. Do you see any titles? So, and you'll know this because of the fact you you, you know Barry wrestling and everything else, and and the fact is the pillars have been part of that. But do you see other? kind of promotions tag teams vying for the smash wrestling tag team titles well anything's possible considering the fact that they are partnering up with others and 
they're willing to do that. Like, so yeah, yeah, I was going to say my, my relevance to that to the question to you is when you look at the Northern Tournament coming up, um, there's a show, a, a side show, so to speak, called, um, was it Meet My Friends or Meet Our Friends or something like that? Meet Our Friends, yeah. And you've got Puff of the, obviously, the Buffalo Boys, um, you know, defending the Barry, one of the Barry Wrestling Championships against, I forget who he's, he's defending against, but you got a Barry Wrestling Championship being defended on the Smash Wrestling show. So that's yep. kind of where that comes in. The Three Pistols uh, Championship. Yeah, correct. Yeah, like, well, they have the good uh, connections right now. So at this moment, I don't think it matters who you work for. As long as you're under contract to uh, face the champions, you have an opportunity to walk away with it. So then uh, there was Sebastian Suave beating TJ uh, Perkins after getting some help from Anthony Kingdom James. Uh, the fans were really riding uh, Perkins a bit, uh, at least uh, <laughs> the, the nerds uh, were, and he was uh, playing it right back to them. Uh, Perkins attempted a couple of sharpshooters, but it wasn't until uh, Kingdom came out and actually distracted Ruff after handing Suave a, uh, something to help him with his punch uh, that Perkins went down. And after the match, Sebastian tried to thank uh, Kingdom for the help, and Kingdom reminded him that he needs to get his head on straight and didn't offer him the hug, even though he was a winner, and uh, walked away from him, leaving Sebastian with a lot of uh, food for thought. Your thoughts on that match, though? So, uh, number one, you're welcome for the T-shirt there, uh, Sebastian. Um Anyways, it was a cool-looking T-shirt, so I'll give him props for that. I, uh, number, <laughs> I know you have one now. It's kind of upset that I didn't pre-order because I found out the uh, price at the show versus the price to pre-order. I was like, okay, this kind of sucks. I'm going to take advantage of that next time. Um, you could see at the end of the match, um, and you'll probably see this on the Fight Network, but it wasn't on audio or anything like that, but it was Kingdom looking at Sebastian. He's like, yeah, either them or me. You need to choose. It's been going on for a while, but I think the climax is coming up either. Probably not the Northern. You'll probably see a little bit uh, more happen in the Northern, but I think the, the huge you know, um, decision between the two is going to happen at probably Super Showdown. Um, definitely interesting to see. I, I didn't expect it. I mean, you bring in a star like TJP, first ever WWE Cruiserweight Champion, and he basically does the job, so to speak, for Sebastian. And you're right about the, the play out. It was, it was comical and interesting to see. I don't know if it was Trevor or some of the other wrestling nerds just playing up the fact that the uh, the whole big what was it the dab movement is that what it was? Yeah, TJ doing the dab. So all of a sudden, you know, it's it's people recognize the as far as TJP goes, the dabbing. Uh, they recognized basically the um, the video game stuff, the entrance, and all this sort of stuff, and and they were marking on him as far as the the dabbing goes. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, TJP does a couple of moves, and he does it himself. And then he starts hating on basically the wrestling nerds and the fans who are, you know, um, doing that same sort of stuff. And then next thing you know, I think at one point, if I remember this correctly, he was about to go into almost like a submission move. And he's got Sebastian in a leg lock and he's standing up and Sebastian's face down on the mat. And as, as TJP is going down, 
he waves at i think that i might have been even trevor and then gives him the finger and then, and then locks in the I, one of the i think it was the one of the dragon moves but um he definitely played the crowd it was absolutely amazing to see i mean tjp one of the nicest guys i think i've met as far as uh you know after the, the show goes uh was sending autographs for free um you know in, in interacting with the crowd intermingling mingling with the uh the the younger fans and stuff like that pitchers i mean um you know for a guy who was kind of somewhat thought to not be showing up at the event because there was a lot of kind of you know skepticism and stuff like that uh before the intermission he um you know he he proved uh he's one of the most gifted wrestlers out there uh there was a reason why wb you know saw what they saw in him and uh you know but uh, like i said it's uh, surprising that sebastian went over on him yeah i was uh, a little bit surprised but it did play into the whole um storyline going on with kingdom and suave and you know not every superstar that uh smash brings in has to go over as they've proven and they're and you said earlier that they focus on their own homegrown talent first and foremost and having somebody else come in is a bonus, but that doesn't give them an automatic win. I uh, got my picture actually taken with TJ as well after the show, and he saw our original uh, Scumbags Wrestling logo based off the Superstars Wrestling, and he was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I guess he even saw the uh, Wrestling Nerds uh, Nintendo version shirt and thought that was cool. So he definitely pays attention to what people are doing, what they're wearing, and is not there just to get his pay and leave like some other uh, higher paid talent uh, do at times. Yeah, it's funny. You can't stress that enough. I've got uh, opinions on certain people I've seen at Smash Wrestling as far as the outside talent goes that haven't been necessarily uh, fan-oriented. But, um, I mean, TJP definitely wasn't one of those guys. Yep. And so the uh, show finished off with a Fatal 4-Way, and it featured uh, Tyson Dukes, Carter Mason, Kevin Bennett, and Tarek. All guys who were going to go against each other in one form or another this weekend, but they were thrown into one whole match, and Mason ended up getting the surprise victory over Tyson Dukes. And uh, he got the uh, nod in the main event. And that's how things went to finish up. Uh, get your fight on. Your thoughts on the main event? Yeah, kind of surprising when I seen Carter Mason going over. And don't get me wrong, he's gifted. Um, but uh, one of the things I did notice was he was hitting all his spots. Like there probably was probably less than 10% of the moves he was going for that he was actually uh, not hitting. So... Um, I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, he's hitting all those knee strikes and his V triggers and everything like that. So uh, there's obviously a reason for it. But um, uh, he's he's good. Don't get me wrong. I, I think he's he's very talented. But um, uh, it's uh, he's got that Baron Corbin factor to him, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it remains to be seen whether or not they put him over as a champion. But um, now I guess time will tell. Yeah, I, I don't get that feeling with uh, Mason or uh, in comparison to Baron Corbin. I actually enjoy watching Carter Mason wrestle as opposed to Baron Corbin. 
So, <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll just leave it at that. So, we'll take another quick break and come back with the updates on everything going on with uh, the Northern Tournament and the rest of the Smash Wrestling calendar coming up this summer. And, uh, yeah. It's the news that everyone's been talking about. Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part 2, the second wave, is getting ready to go. Along with thousands of the friends of Jericho and me sailing across the ocean to have the best vacation of a lifetime. I want to tell you right now, the hottest wrestling promotion in the world today, All Elite Wrestling, will be there. That's right. Some of the greatest rock and roll bands in the world. Some of the funniest comedians on the planet. Paranormal experiences where you'll be wondering, is this really happening? Well, the answer is yes. It is really happening. And so is Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part 2, Second Wave. Sign up for all the info for this all-elite vacation now at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. I want you on board Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea so we can all sail away, man! We'll see you there. Oh, yeah! It's a path to the Following the news that the former hottest free agent in pro wrestling, Kenny Omega, is joining AEW, London Comic Con can finally announced that the best belt machine is making his way to Southwestern Ontario for London Comic Con 2019 this October. Omega will be available to meet fans, sign autographs, and host a special VIP video game tournament. More details and announcements are coming soon. Check out London Comic Con for more details. This is Jim Strider live from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. And we're back. Uh, we still have Chris Maloney from the Sharpshooter Podcast with me. How are you doing still? Hanging in there? I'm hanging in there. I am currently watching NXT UK on uh, mute right now that I missed earlier on. And uh, Tony Storm's on, so if I seem a little bit distracted, that's the reason why. Understandable. Uh, she is quite distracting visually. And uh, so what we're going to do is run down the uh, upcoming show that we're both attending. And it's the Northern Tournament, Smash Wrestling. It's a big weekend. Uh, you can't go wrong with this, what they have all set up. It's Two big days, and it's a, going to be incredible action. So we will look at what's going on with the actual tournament on night number one, which is Saturday, June 1st, and it's all taking place at the Franklin Hunter Community Center in Etobicoke, Toronto, whichever you want to class it as, part of the mega city. And we have Ultimo Dragon versus Matt Cross, the first ever Smash Wrestling champion and we can uh, possibly fill out our brackets at this point for at least the first round and who do you got going over in that one um this is obviously because i'm a huge mark for ultimate dragon so i'm gonna say ultimate dragon i love matt cross he's one of the most gifted athletes i think i've probably ever seen live um but yeah i gotta go ultimate on this one yeah um i'm gonna go with uh dragon as well uh and see him around for both days. 
as uh, all these winners will go on to the second day and uh, they could potentially have two matches on uh, Sunday depending on if they win the second round. Uh, so we'll have Mike Bailey, Speedball, taking on the leader of Disgraceland, John Greed. So I got to go with Mike Bailey on that one. Um, short story is actually kind of funny. We're, so we're at the uh, Get Your Fight On this past Sunday. And I go up to, so I've got this Smash Wrestling snapback hat that I've been getting autographed by a lot of the uh, superstars of Smash. And Mike Bailey was one of the guys that wanted to get the autograph on the hat. So I walk up to him and he's on his phone. He's texting or something like that. And though, sure enough, he looks up at me. I've got the hat in front of him. And he drops his phone legit. And kind of just gives me this kind of like kind of scared face, and I'm like, um, and all of a sudden, he, he, I realize he's playing with me. But uh, super nice guy, uh, you know. Definitely, um, you know, uh, take the time to talk to the guy if, if you get a chance. But uh, as far as work ethic goes, and I, I will say this: so when you look at the guy in the ring, he's you know, kind of Steve Blackman style karate master, everything else, but. Um, when you actually watch one of his matches, whether it be live or whether it be the internet, and I think Smash had just put out one of his matches on online, didn't they? Uh, yeah, that was the last time they were here in London, and he went against... Uh, that was Kevin Bennett, Kevin right? Bennett. Yeah, so if you get the opportunity to go see Speedball Mike Bailey live, definitely go see him. He performs moves that shouldn't exist, um, but yeah, I definitely got to go uh, Speedball in this one. I'm going to go opposite with you, and I'm going to pick John Greed because I think uh, he might have Logan with him, if not uh, Albright, and uh, numbers game against Bailey. And then we have Evil Uno, who just appeared uh, this past Saturday at AEW, Double or Nothing, taking on Anthony Green. So they say when you're going out to do the job, and that's an old wrestling term right there. Um, so with the establishment of uh, SSB and AEW at this point, Anthony Green goes over Evil Uno. Mm, I'm torn on that one because I could see Uno uh, winning, but I'm going to go with you and say Green takes it. And then there's Josh Briggs. I'm not sure who Josh is at this moment. Taking on the other half of SSB, Stu Grayson. Does that same mentality apply that you just said? Going out to do the job? Or does Grayson take the W in this one? So I'm going to say just to fuck with people, I'm going to go with Stu Grayson <laughs> in this one. Um, if anything at all... So, so as a wrestling fan, and I'll use the term "mark." I'm a wrestling mark, okay? You call it what you will, but when you're a fan of wrestling, you can't get enough of it. So you go online, you watch YouTube, blah 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 blah, and you watch Stu Grayson do some of the stuff he's done. Um, You know, physically in the ring, outside of the ring, as far as his training regimens goes. I believe he recently opened up a um, a training school up there in the Ottawa region. So, you know, and he's one of those guys like when I talk to talent and they talk about what you want to look at as far as wrestling schools go, 
you know, you look at what they've accomplished in the ring, you look at what they've done, who they've influenced, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, Stu Grayson is one of those guys you can't say a, a nasty thing about. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Matt Cross, the same type of probably regiments as far as their training, uh, you know, schedules go, um, who they are in the ring, how gifted they are in the ring. And he knows how to play tag team matches as well. And I, I watched that last year at Super Showdown 6. But um, I, I know it's what I just said about Evil Uno. But uh, when I look at the two guys, it's, um, you know, I've got to go Stu Grayson in this one. And, and mainly because of the fact he's super talented. And uh, I can't wait to see what he does maybe outside of the SSB. So uh, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, so... Going over to the other half of the uh, bracket that's going on is Jason Kincaid taking on Jim Strider. We touched upon this earlier in the show, but uh, we'll set it straight in this segment. What do you got going over? Strider's gonna kill you. That's uh, yeah. We're gonna go Strider in this one for sure. Yeah, uh, the underdog rookie is going to uh, wow some people, and just his size and strength advantage over Kincaid uh, Strider's going to take it as well now Carter Mason has been dogging uh, Tyson Dukes to get a match one on one for the longest time they got into the ring this past Sunday in part of that uh, four way and Mason got the victory over Dukes does that happen again when they go one on one for the first time hell no I, I got to say this, Carter Mason, do me a favor and impress me. Um, Tyson Dukes, um, he's basically, to me, the godfather on, of Ontario independent wrestling. Um, I can never go against Dukes, so it's going to be Dukes in this one. Yeah, um, Dukes won the tournament last year. And uh, I think the experience, once again, is going to be uh, too much, though, for uh, Mason. Mason's going to put on an amazing uh, battle with uh, Dukes, but I think the experience is going to uh, put the scales tipped into Tyson's favor. Sebastian Suave taking on Lufisto in the only uh, intergender match of the tournament this year. So I've always been a Lufisto Mark. I will continue to be a Lufisto Mark well into her retirement. Uh, so I say, I say this uh, within a minute. We're talking SC Jones versus King Kong Bundy WrestleMania one. Can see uh, Lufisto going over in this one. Interesting uh, concept there. I think we're going to get a little bit longer than a minute out of Lufisto and uh, Suave. And if the Sunday proved anything, unfortunately, Kingdom uh, could be an influencer on this match. And uh, Sebastian will advance to the next round this year. And the final match in the tournament is going to be changed. After what happened to the Blade this past uh, Sunday in London, where Psycho Mike Rollins ended up snapping the Blade's neck. The Blade has decided he is pulling out of the tournament and even further and future Smash Wrestling events until something is done about Mike. And so Mike Rollins currently does not have an opponent. 
So does Mike does Mike win the match, or does his mystery opponent uh, take the victory and move on to the second round? So what happens if Mike's mystery opponent is Mike uh, Psycho Mike's conscience? Who do we Mike, choose from there? Mike wins either way. <laughs> but is it uh, Mike with the uh, beanie or Mike without the beanie? I think he might be able to beat his conscience. For anybody listening that's outside of Ontario, India, or Canada right now, um, if you get the chance, go on Fight Network or Smash Wrestling and look at who Mike, uh, Psycho Mike's conscience is versus uh, Mike Rollins as the wrestler. Um, one of the most hilarious matches in the world when they fought the Butcher and the Blade. But um, if, if it is a case where it's Mike Rollins versus Mike Rollins' conscience, uh, definitely see Psycho Mike going over. Exactly. And uh, for that matter, uh, Super Kicked out of Toronto uh, about a year ago, I think it was, around Halloween, maybe even a little bit later, they did actually have Psycho Mike versus Psycho Mike. And uh, incredible match as well to look up online. But uh, I think regardless of who his mystery opponent is, I think Mike will advance on to the second night and the second round. So are we going predictions for the tournament or are we going uh, kind of A block versus B block here? I think we're going to just go uh, at this point, we'll do this part of the tournament at this moment and on sunday we can do a special edition of the northern tournament uh quick podcast uh, put up on our uh, facebook live page we'll review what happened the night before and give predictions for the second and final round of the tournament sounds good so on the second night though uh, obviously it's the second round and the finals, but they have to have some other filler matches. We're going to see a rap battle between Canadian rap uh, superstar Shaq Claire going against the number one contender for the Smash Wrestling Championship in Kevin Bennett. His uh, cohorts, Halal Beefcake, are going to defend their uh, tag team titles against a team out of Detroit called Lotus. And there's also going to be an appearance by Jody Threat, plus the main event or the second uh, match beyond, except for the finals of the tournament, we'll see the Smash Wrestling Championship defended with Tarek taking on Kevin Bennett. So as I said, I think we're going to give our uh, predictions for that officially on Sunday. So please tune in. before 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon and uh, possibly before the muscle reads, everybody poops. So maybe about 4 o'clock we'll uh, do that. And as I said, muscle's going to be reading everybody poops for the uh, crowd. There's going to be a smash talent versus super fans trivia at 3 o'clock. Uh, as mentioned earlier, Puff is going to defend Barry Wrestling's Three Pistols Championship in the 2 o'clock hour during Meet Our Friends. There's also going to be some talent from Tyson Duke's Wrestle Factory going to be during that 2 o'clock hour. 
And before even that, when doors open at noon, at one o'clock, there's going to be a chance to meet uh, the talent. So if you have a ticket for the second night, you actually can show up at 12 noon and get in and you got eight hours of Smash Wrestling. And yeah, all for one ticket on the uh, uh, Sunday. So it's going to be a huge day. What are you looking forward to as far as Sunday goes? Sorry, I had to uh, Google Chuck Blair because I was unfamiliar. I know the name, but I had no idea what he was singing. But I recognize that song right there. Um, so it's it, it'd be interesting as far as night. Well, it'd be the afternoon and night too, right? Yes. So it's uh, the the rap all I like to see muscle. <laughs> Anything that has to do with the muscle is is comical. I mean, it's just um, he's, he's got that uh, charisma to him. Um, as far as uh, you know, everything that's going on Sunday goes. Um, I want to be there for everything, but uh, it will be my 43rd birthday. Uh, so trying to explain that to my wife and uh, my, you know, my new baby, it's uh, kind of like, oh, yeah, dad's going to see wrestling for the entire day. <laughs> so I'll see when I, get, I can uh, get out of family commitments to attend wrestling. But um, if you're able to attend the entire day, definitely check out Kevin Bennett, uh, The Muscle. Um, you know, I think there's a, a fans versus um, uh, Smash Wrestling trivia thing going on. Is that right? Yes, that's going to be on, uh, at 3 p.m. And then, of course, um, you know, Puff defending the championship there for the, the Barry Wrestling, the Three Pistols Championship. It's um, it, it's a, it's amazing. Like I said, you get you, you know, you go into two shows, you get to see the talent that you get to see, and you know, you get to see the local talent, but Ultimate Dragon Lefisto obviously amazing um but you're getting this added bonus of seeing everything taking place uh before the show itself so it's uh it's, it's going to be a huge weekend a lot of hours of wrestling taking place in between the two days but definitely worth it i will be there for as much as i possibly can but um as much as i want to see chalk layer slam kevin bennett as far as the rap battle goes i can't wait to see kevin bennett win the championship from Tarek that night yeah it will be a fun uh day I'm just uh, working on pulling up the rest of the calendar for uh, Smash Wrestling. However, I do know that on July 6th, they will be in Toronto for Just Add Wrestling. And that's going to be the semifinals of the Tag Team Invitational Tournament. And also, Sean Spears is going to be there. Then the following night, they're going to be here in London on July 7th with the finals of the Invitational Tag Team Tournament and Sean Spears again. So two nights in a row with Sean Spears. And you never know what might come about that since he is from London and at least two of the other gentlemen that he got into the business with, meaning Tyson Dukes and Cody Deaner, will most likely be in attendance as a sort of homecoming celebration. And you're probably going to see Derek Wilde somewhere in the crowd. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take a moment just to put the host on, on, uh, as a, as a guest for just for a second, um, okay. as a wrestling fan. So say, for example, you listen to this podcast or say, for example, you've watched smash wrestling for the very first time. 
what is it about Smash Wrestling this coming summer that you would recommend to a fan to look forward to? Oh, well, uh, definitely with all the special appearances that they got people coming in, we already just saw TJP. We're going to see uh, Sean Spears. We're going to see the first ever Women's Championship uh, awarded uh, this summer for Smash Wrestling. Got Gail Kim. There's Jordan Grace. You name it. There's They have a lot of special attractions coming, but it's also everything that they do with their own individual talent and how personable they are. Whether you're seeing them before, during an intermission, or after the show, going to one of their uh, after parties, they don't turn away their fans. And, you know, unless you're annoying, which anybody will turn you away, they've always been more like a family and your best friend in the ring type feel instead of putting themselves above uh, the wrestling fan and saying, well, I'm the talent, you're the fan, leave me alone type deal. And that's been sort of the highlight of Smash Wrestling for at least myself and probably everybody else uh, that are devote fans of Smash. So I'm going to, you know, I'm a big fan of hashtags as far as anything I do online. Um, in saying that, uh, if Smash Wrestling were to have one hashtag behind it, uh, would family fit that mold? Oh, for sure. That uh, definitely was uh, a highlight, and should I say, uh, not diminished at all when uh, this past January we had that uh, horrific accident with the Buffalo brothers and everybody from fan management and talent all around Ontario for that matter, but smash in particular bonded together in a, Oh my God moment sort of, and was sharing thoughts and prayers. They were sharing uh, their uh, money with helping contribute, whether they bought t-shirts or did the GoFundMe, and it wasn't about, oh, you know, somebody famous got into an accident, sorry about your luck. Everybody was truly like, oh, my God, like, that's one of our friends. That's one of our family that is injured. Like, thankfully, they survived, and we're now watching for them to get on the mend, which we did see Daniel Garcia up top, uh, on the road again, at least, and not staying at home, feeling sorry for himself. He was watching this past Sunday show. We've got Puff and Kevin Bennett back quickly compared to uh, Blackwood and Garcia. And Blackwood is now going to start uh, doing his own uh, return to the ring starting in June, uh, July. So everybody's been watching and waiting for these guys to come back, not because of what they do but because of who they are yeah it's um the one thing in wrestling and i forget who said this but um it was you know somebody somebody major but they they were like if you I, it might have been rick flair but it was like if you have five friends in the wrestling business that you can call friends you know after competing for so many years um consider yourself a lucky man and i know with the way the Buffalo brothers are 
you know, as far as the, the unity goes and um, going to shows together and what you see online isn't fake. It's 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 who they are as uh, as a group. And then you add Pepper Parks in there and you add uh, Andy Williams in there. And it's the you know, it's the the Buffalo Brothers. It's that extension of uh, indie wrestling. And we see it here in Canada as far as and you mentioned him already. Danger Boy, Derek Wild. Without Derek Wild, there wouldn't be a Coney Dieter. Um, you know, a Sean Spears, uh, you know, um, uh, who am I forgetting? Tyson Dukes, um, you know, and it, it, it's not just Ontario, but you see this amongst Canadian indie wrestling as a whole, like ECCW out in BC has their group. Um, Alberta wrestlers have their group, uh, you know, CWE in Winnipeg, um, their group as well as the FLQ, um, uh, you know, NCW, uh, promotions like that, um, it's it's a family as far as wrestling goes. And um, I tell you this, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, when I see the Buffalo Brothers in the ring for the first time again, I will mark out as a not only as a human being, but as a fan. No, most definitely. I was lucky enough to get one of those shirts, and I'm going to probably have it uh, ready for when that moment comes. I've already speculated when somebody else might be able to return such as a uh, Kevin Blackwood and the timing works out really well. Um, yeah. Hey, can you do me a favor and switch your timing on that? Cause I'm not too happy about that. On what? On, on when they reunite. I'm uh, sorry. I'm, I'll, I don't know if Garcia will be there, but for sure I can see uh, Blackwood returning at super showdown. I can't be two places at once. And it's my passion for New Japan Pro Wrestling versus the ability to see the Buffalo Brothers reunite in a Smash Wrestling ring. And it's, oh, it's, it's, it's honestly 50 50 right now. At the same time, one's a guarantee, one's speculation. Yeah, but, um, it does. You talk, you talk about speculation as far as four guys that were in an accident in January in Montreal coming back to Buffalo and it's um, I, I tell you this, it's to me, if, if I knew the Buffalo brothers, we sorry, if the Buffalo brothers were reuniting in Toronto on, in the August weekend there, yeah, screw new Japan. <laughs> I, I, I guess we'll see, but it's, it's when you watch these guys in the ring and you watch these guys grow and you look back at the photographs you've taken of these guys and, and you realize you know, you, you uh, I think I said it online at one point, but you take these guys for granted. You always think they're going to be in the ring. You always think they're going to be f- performing these moves. And the next thing you know, real life happens. And it's like, what do you do? It's, 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 you feel almost, you know, like an asshole because all of a sudden it's been taken from you. But at the same time, you remember Kevin Bennett, for example. And the only thing he wanted to do was get back home to his, you know, his, uh, I'm not sure if it's his wife, but his his girlfriend, his fiance, his, and, and his daughter. And his daughter, you know what I mean? And the, the same thing happened with uh, a guy who's in Winnipeg named Danny Warren, who people know as Hotshot Danny Duggan. And uh, uh, the ironic thing about all that is psychosis of WCW Mexican fame saved his life because they were driving. They had pretty much the same thing. Black ice ended in the ditch. Cars upside down. Danny Warren is basically, you know, breathing his last breaths. And you read what he wrote on Slam Wrestling, uh, 
and it brings tears to your eyes about him never seeing his kid again. And it's, you know, you realize that no matter, and, and I'm watching WB Network right now and they're doing the Tom McGee, Bret Hart thing, but you realize if it's Bret Hart or, or Randy Macho Man Savage or, you know, Kevin Bennett, they're all human beings outside the ring. And um, I, I guess, you know, we look forward to Smash Wrestling this coming weekend in Toronto featuring Ultimate Dragon, the Northern Tournament. But behind the scenes, they're just people, you know. It's, it's, um, I, I think a lot of times fans don't realize that and they just, they just, the expectation level is, um, sometimes way too much. Oh, yeah. And that's, though, the good thing about being a fan of the indie scene. You get to know them as a human being instead of just somebody who drops into your town and leaves without even much as signing an autograph unless you're lucky enough to catch him in an elevator. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, first time I saw Kevin Bennett after the accident, I gave him a hug. You know, it's just, um, you know, he's he's one of the most gifted people in Ontario Indy right now, That to my to my opinion anyways. But you realize when you read everything you've, you've seen, um, you know, it's just, um, it's, it's tough as a human being sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, wow. On that note, <laughs> uh, we were going to go uh, through the rest of the Smash Wrestling calendar. Um, normally I go date by date and, uh, more highlights, but there was a posting by Smash Wrestling just to give everybody an overview of what's going on. So if you're in London, there's still July 7th uh, for the London Music Hall. August 24th is the London Music Hall, which uh, on the 7th, we're going to have John Spears. On the 24th, we get Gail Kim. On October 5th and 6th, they're going to be part of London Comic Con again. Then in Toronto, as we've explained, there's going to be the Franklin Horner Community Center hosting the Northern Tournament on Saturday and Sunday. July 6th, back at the Franklin Horner Community Center, is the finish of the Invitational Tournament and the first date for Sean Spears. And August 7th to 10th is that mega week, five days or four days, should I say, with everything going on involving SummerSlam and NXT and Access, Raw, SmackDown. Smash Wrestling isn't going to be outdone. And they're teaming up with OWE, Progress, Shimmer, WXW, Rise, Femme Fatales. And they have uh, approximately eight shows happening between all those organizations. And some of the bigger highlights for myself is the fact that on August 9th, on the Friday night, is going to be Super Showdown 7. I'm hoping to get into Toronto in time for that one. And then the late morning, early afternoon of the 10th is going to be the summit. It's an all-women show. Pembatels, Shimmer, Rise, their championships are going to be defended. And we're going to see the first ever Smash Wrestling Championship for the women determined that night as Casey Spinelli takes on Rosemary. And the winner of that is the first ever champion making history during SummerSlam weekend. And yeah, I can't go wrong on that. If you get a chance to be at any of those shows, do so. 
alongside going to SummerSlam and NXT if you're in that area. They also listed that on July 13th, they're going to be in Dresden. This is a charity event for the Dresden Kings, Junior Kings hockey team being put together by Jay Smith. He did it last year for them. It was a success, and they're going to do it again. But that's Dresden on July 13th. We have tickets reserved for that. We just need people to fill them. So if you're interested in joining us for a fun-filled afternoon in Dresden, July 13th, see me by emailing me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com or sending me a message on our Facebook page, and we can uh, hook you up with tickets for those events in Dresden. Then July 21st, it's Kitchener. Last time they were in Kitchener, it was sold out. Loud crowd, really hot crowd for this product of Smash Wrestling. You don't want to miss out on it. Then, July 28th, a week later from Kitchener, they're making their debut in St. Thomas, Ontario. August 17th, they're going to be in Woodstock. And the very next night, on August 18th, they're going to be in Burlington, Ontario. So right there is the upcoming dates for Smash Wrestling. And if you're interested in any of those and wanting more details, you can always go to their website at smash-wrestling.com and always check us out on our Facebook page as we keep up to date with all the things going on. And their own Facebook page will have information on the matches coming up. But that's Smash for the summer. Nonstop action, not to steal from TNA, but it is always going to be happening. And Smash is being the premier thing in Ontario, teaming up with a lot of different organizations. You can't go wrong when you buy a Smash ticket. And we're going to take a quick break and get our thoughts on everything that happened at AEW's premier event, Double or Nothing, that happened this past Saturday night from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, along with StarCast. My name is The Muscle, Smash Wrestling's hottest free agent. I toss bodies and wheel hotties, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Yeah. 
Nothing for 